Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And this is another Patreon pick episode. We've been a little bit slower with the episodes over the last couple of months, and we're still a little bit slower right now because we're working through all the Star Trek movies, but we're here with the next Patreon pick. Uh, our Patreons voted on a bunch of movies that were all remade into, into American films, uh, and the winner was the original Old Boy. Uh, by Chanwick Park, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll start off spoiler-free, as we always do, and we'll give you warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle. So there we go. That's what we're going to do. Had you seen this before, Connor? Yeah, it, it showed up on both of our, our foreign lists. Good good point. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um, no, so, so yeah, I'd seen this before as well. I, I saw this maybe... A year or two after it came out, probably. Well, I was in high school. Bought the yeah. bought the DVD back then. Um, this was the first Chanwick Park film I saw. I went back and watched something for Mr. Vengeance, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. Um, after the fact, uh, and then some of his other films uh, from there. Um, so, now, it's no secret that I like this a lot. Um, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. It is, it is phenomenal. And it's one of those films where a lot of people who don't like weird movies if they've ha- if they happen to have seen old boy they'll still bring up how disturbing that movie is <laughs> years later in fact even today when i said i was watching this on twitter we got i got a reply saying i saw that 15 years ago and i'm still messed up that's fair um i think it's a light romp but i don't think there's anything to be messed up by it's, it's a light-hearted mm, yeah you would family romp the, the only disturbing thing i mean in this it's definitely movie, a family romp the only disturbing thing in this movie is a scene of a, a, a live squid being eaten. That doesn't really bother me. I have to look away. I can't watch that scene. Really? Vile. It's maybe the most vile thing I've ever seen in a movie is that scene. Seriously? Disgusting. That really didn't bother me. You know what the I mean, like, tentacles and snakes and shit? Moving tentacles coming out of his mouth? Nah. Hmm. And there's no, there's no effects work here. He just did that. Yeah. Minsik Choi, the actor, he just went for it. He just said, yeah, give it a live squid, I'll do it. I think he famously, I, I think it took like four four octopuses he had to eat. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Whatever. I'd do it. I don't want something alive on my plate. I don't even like jelly because jelly looks, it moves. It moves on its own and it's, it's suspicious. <laughs> it's fishy. I don't trust it. I did not expect that. <laughs> but I certainly don't want live seafood on my plate. It's yeah. going to squiggle a bit in my mouth. I don't even get me started in that bullshit fancy cheese that has maggots in it. Oh, you can shove that right Yeah, I don't like cheese. So I'll give you that one. You like cheese? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem that I just said, was the cheese part. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how I feel about maggots. I know I don't like cheese. I've never ate maggots either, but I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and take a pretty reasonable, educated guess that I'm not a fan. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know what they taste like. I know they'll be moving. Yeah. We've just established that I don't like food that moves on its own. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that. I've got a cat's head on my hand right now. I can't move my, my right hand. Wesker's You're just trying to emote, and, and yeah. it's just not happening. He, he's decided it's a pillow. and It's rare, actually. Firefly tends to be the only cat who'll jump up whilst we're recording, because mm. uh, he's 
I don't know. He has no manners, I guess. Uh, but Wesker really does it. But he jumped up just now. I think I think he's wanting a. I think what he really wants me to do is to go lie on the couch so he can just lie on top of me because that's what that's what he likes. But he's he's making do with just lying in the desk in front of me. And... It's not happening. He's missed his chance for that. He's missed his chance. Well, I mean, he was on my he was on top of me for most of the old boy, so it's not like he's not had. His did he have to look away? <laughs> I think he was asleep. I don't think he cared. <laughs> um. So yeah, Old Boy's fantastic, uh, and it is a revenge film. Uh, this, the, the premise is fairly simple whilst being fairly unique, and that is a man is kidnapped and imprisoned for 15 years. He is let out after 15 years and told that he has one week to find out why he was imprisoned in the first place. And he, of course, is very upset and wants revenge for whoever imprisoned him. Seems pretty reasonable. And that's it. He meets up with a, a, a younger character named Mido, who's going to be kind of his companion and try and help him with his investigation. And that's that's the movie. That's it. And we'll keep everything else for spoilers because everything else is full on spoilers. So that's fair. There you go. First thing, the, the first thing that always strikes me about Old Boy whenever I watch it is how good the music is. And I think that's because you hear the music before you see anything else. Like you know, you yeah. it, just, it starts on black. And you just hear the piano come in, and you're like, oh. Oh, I'm Do you know what this. struck me this time is the way the a music. Hammer? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> something that I've not really noticed before on this view, but they play with the stereo field to extremes in the music at points mm. in ways that if you go back and listen to like some of the Beatles albums when they just kind of like, oh, hey, stereo's brand new and they will go in extreme because they could. It's yeah. almost like that, where it's just back and forth. Uh, the, the, there's, a, there's a montage fairly near the start when he's in the room. And it's all over the place. And it was it's something you don't actually hear a lot in cinema. It was yeah. really unique. Well, I was listening to the uh, the, the 5.1 uh, track. So it may have actually oddly been more subtle than that, because it was like... Because mm. it's not just going from one speaker to the other. It's, it's, it's still being shared between maybe, yeah, you know, like the center, the left, and the back, or whatever, and, and sort of back. So I think it was actually more subtle on the five point one. Uh, technically, it was a seven point one track, but I don't have seven point one because well, I'm a, I'm a chump. What do you want, right? I've got five point one. You're down next. Yes, um, but. No, that's I, I really like the music. The music has very different feels to it as well there's, there's the main theme which i would say is the one that plays during the, the infamous hallway fight and uh, it plays a few other yeah. times and then there's more of a sort of waltzy type thing how's Wesker going there you go um he's decided he's, he's he's waited long enough he's not happy and he's he's going to go and lie in the bed good cat so you got the waltzy uh, theme you've got that piano one and then there's a few other ones but it, it, it has like four or five themes that it kind of keeps coming back to yeah or motifs Definitely. that it keeps coming back to um, depending on the, the the mood of the of the scene at hand, and, but no, I really I really like the music. I really like um, the visual design of the movie. It's got this really sort of grim and dirty kind of look to it. Yeah, I would say at points it's maybe a little overly grainy. Yeah, the um, film stock. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but the the visual style overall is pretty pretty great. There's a lot of simple little tricks in the in the visual style, you know, the camera will like pan round to reveal something, or um, right at the start it'll start in the sky and it'll, it'll slowly reveal the head of of our main character uh, Odesun. We'll see him holding someone's tie who's dangling off a roof, and that kind of you know it'll slowly reveal things a lot in the visuals, uh, yeah. which I appreciate. It's, it's one of the one of the things that 
uh, separates, I think, you know, like kind of like generic TV directing from film directing to me, is when the visuals are actually used to just kind of tell the story on their own without the need mm. for dialogue all the time. Obviously, there's a lot of dialogue too. There's a lot of good dialogue in this, actually. But there is just that kind of thing of using the camera to actually tell the story in some way. And of course, we have to mention the action because the action uh, is very famous in this movie because I feel like even people who have not seen this movie have heard of the old boy hallway fight. Yeah, the hallway is the, the hallway fight that started the hallway fights. Yeah, yeah, your daredevil wouldn't have done this had old boy not done it first, right? Exactly. This inspired every hallway fight that came came next. Um, and the visual and do you know what? It's funny. It's I've seen this quite a few times at this point, and no matter how many times I've seen it, when it hits that old that that hallway fight, I still get pumped up every time. The, the, none of the effect of it is diminished. And like mm. you know, four, five, six viewings, whatever I'm on now, it never has. No, because because the it music didn't. kicks in, the camera goes to that 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 wide, the wide sort of side shot, and it's almost yeah. like a video game. It's like an old beat 'em up video game where it's just going left and right, just tracking him as the main character as he's yeah. going through this hallway of villains and and fighting them. And I like that he's kind of a badass in that he wins the fight with all these guys. Sure, right? It's maybe a bit unrealistic in that sense, but. At the same time, it doesn't feel like he's that trained. It feels like he's throwing really simple but harsh punches. It feels like he's getting beat up a lot. It feels like he's... Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Uh, you know, you, while he's locked up in the room for 15 years, he's training. He, he, you know, he, he's just, you know, punching the, the punching the wall and stuff like that. And ah, The point the, being that by the time he gets out, he's, he's so used to like hitting something hard with his hand that... Exactly, and and you know, there's a couple of times when he gets out, he goes right, time to see if that train's actually any good in real life, or if it was just a load of bollocks, basically. And it plays as really good funny moments as well. There's a lot of good humor in here. Um, it's, it's one of the things I like about Korean cinema is that I find they they do a really good job of inserting some really bizarre humor into otherwise very serious and dark films. Yeah, and it never feels like it takes you out at the moment either. It feels like it fits within the. The, it's like yeah we can have a bit of a sense of humor with this but it's not like a marvel movie where it's doing all these quips for the jokes oh god no it's it's very uh a lot of it's quite dark humor yeah it's very dark humor, bizarre yeah. was a good word as well um you know it is very unorthodox humor yeah yeah like, there's humor played with the fact that he's been locked up for 15 years so the first time he sees a woman he's like up against the wall in the elevator just like trying to hold himself back because he's just like in awe he's like oh my god it's a woman i've not seen a woman in 15 years it's a really stupid dark joke but it it's just it's bizarre enough and there's this eerie feeling to it of her like looking kind of scared and him just kind of been like up against the wall yeah kind of crumpled up um there's a lot of little things like that 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 that, that kind of work um, and even even the way he passes out after he eats the squid is oh, it's, it's just it's like, wait oh he just passed out okay that was kind of funny why yeah. and of course as as the movie goes on you find out there's more context to that but like in the moment itself it's just this really funny like he just passed out uh, and he thinks it's because oh I've not had much sunlight in the last fifteen years so my body's just not not up to much I mean, it's a um, yeah pretty reasonable assumption yeah um but no so really great villain as well um uh we have uh was it lee Jen as the villain um yes. which isn't a spoiler actually as much as him finding out who put him in there's part of the plot and part of the mystery his actual identity or at least in terms of his name isn't a spoiler because it's not like it's not like it's his best friend who turns out to be the villain or anything like that this is just someone he's forgotten yeah it's just a name you learn over yeah. the course of the movie it's it's just it's about 
who he is rather than just what the what the, what he's called. Yeah, I I like his character. I like his the backstory. I like what the revenge is for because that that's kind of the the the, the circle of this movie is that old boy. The, I, even though he's, he's never referred to as old boy in the movie, but everyone just sort of thinks of the main character as old boy. Even I'll do it, yeah. like, by accident, like I did just there. But Odesu, he, he obviously wants revenge for being in prison for 15 years, but the reason why this happened in the first place is because someone else wanted vengeance on him. And it's a, a cyclical thing. So there's actually almost a bit of satire in there. There's a, a, bit, a bit of commentary about the cycle of vengeance yeah. and how it just leads to worse and worse things as that can, can go on... Th- potentially it's, uh, forever it's kind of the point of of his vengeance trilogy it kind of is yes um but now i like what the vengeance is is for and obviously we go to some really dark places in this movie yeah. and how the revenge kind of ties into what the original vengeance was for it's a whole <laughs> it's stomach sickening when you get to the moment and you kind of realize what's going on yeah for well, i'll say this on a rewatch knowing all the way through there's an earlier point in the movie where it kicks in Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right. On on a on a first time watch, obviously it's in the last act when everything's being revealed. You get that that stomach punch. On a rewatch, there's a scene about halfway through where it becomes relevant. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it starts to hurt really bad. E- even on the first time, it's so clever that in case for whatever reason you'd you'd forgotten about some of these other moments, mm. it reminds you. It does a really good job of contextually going, "Hey, remember this thing? Yeah, be horrified." Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrifying. It, it, honestly, in terms of revenge stories, it might be the most vicious revenge plot I've ever seen. Like from from the villain, like from the one who's enacting the revenge. What he what his ultimate plan to put Odysseus through? I mean, even in prison for fifteen years is already a pretty rough start. It's like, pretty rough, yeah. Yeah, that, that's already a pretty serious revenge. Um, and even the fact that he's kind of framed him for the murder of his wife, seemingly. Like, we hear that his wife's been killed on the news at one point. And we never actually find out that it was a bad guy, but we kind of just assume that it probably was. Yeah. Um, and so... So that's bad enough, but like, there's actually more to it. Like, it goes even worse than that. And believe me, it is worse. It, it is, is worse. objectively yeah. worse <laughs> than anything he's already been put through. Acting is fantastic, obviously. You know, we, we I think we mentioned we mentioned you know, throughout from what, all of the cast. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd say there's there's the three main leads. There's the you know Odisu, yeah. there's uh, Mido, his sort of like c- companion, and then there's there's uh, the villain. And the villain is um, very he, he's he's in glee of what he's doing to him the whole but movie, but never quite mustache twirling. Yeah, never quite. Yeah, just just short of that. But he's always like just a, a little bit happy about a, a sadistic glee. it. Yeah, he's he's definitely been looking forward to this for fifteen years. This is some master yeah. plan, and he's oh, yeah. really re- reveling in it. Um, which I like because it's like you know sometimes when you watch certain movies and villains have these convoluted, long thought out plans, and they're always so cold about it. Whereas you get this like his excitement of ever like finally getting to act out these final stages of it. Yeah, or there on the performance, and that's really cool. Um, and then. You know, Mido's very likable. She's kind of kind of the innocent heart of the film because she's kind of separate from the actual cycle. She's kind of yeah. on her own, um, and she's kind of lonely, and it, she kind of gets drawn into the into the story. Um, so she she's very important for for not quite comic relief, but lightening the tone a little bit and just sort of like I say a bit of light in the the grim darkness where so everything I'll, else is all. I'll, Gritty I would go as far as to say the point, you know, you know, a uh, big part of the the point of her character is just to to ground it. 
to get yeah. an attachment to norm normality because everything else is this you know revenge hyper violent plot you know everything's going on and She's just got a pretty normal life. I'd, I'd go so far to say she's there to humanise Odessa. Because Odessa, if she wasn't there on his own, just on his quest for revenge. Because um, she's also something that then becomes like potentially a target, right? Because she's now caught up in this. And it, it gives us someone to care about. Because as much as we kind of care about Odessa, he's already wrapped in whatever he's wrapped up in. But she's this innocent bystander who might get wrapped up in this now. And I think from that point on, you're kind of like, okay, now there's someone that I actually care about in terms of stakes. I care about yeah. something happening to her. Where I don't care about Odessa in the same way. Like, I do to a point. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued by his story. I, you know, I want him to find out. But I think there's this thing, because you know this is all happening because of something bad he done in the past, you have this second guessing, at least in the first time viewing, where you're second guessing, should I be rooting for this guy yet? Like as much as I, I'm wanting yeah. for him, he's a badass and he's you know got the hallway fight scene and stuff. It's worth knowing the movie opens with the kidnapping and he's kind of a dick. Yeah, well it's pre yeah, it's pre kidnapping. There's a whole montage yeah. of him in a police station uh, drunk, and he's just an awful person. <laughs> he's just exactly. he's just swearing at the police officers. He's trying to cost, he's trying to pee in the in the bed. He's he did all these things. Yeah, and then he goes through this this awful thing. Yeah, you know, we've been kidnapped and locked in a room fifteen years, and you're like, yeah, okay, I feel sorry for you. You probably didn't deserve that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, he was a bit of a dick. And then the fact that you know, it's like, okay, who did this? And he lists off all these names of people that it could be. It's like, wow, you pissed off that many people to this extent. Yeah, he he basically writes a book of people and like everything he did to everyone. Yeah. It's almost the start of a pilot for a TV show where a character says, "I'm going to go and make amends with everyone I've ever upset." So here's here's the list. Here's here's my name is Errol's list of yeah. everyone he's going to go talk to. Um, so which yes, yeah, that's fine. But he, like because of that, he's an interesting character because he's not like you can't just assume that you're on his side completely, even though you're obviously intrigued by his story. You're intrigued and you want to find out the answers like he does. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, but she gives this this humanity to it, this this heart to it, and that's kind of the importance of her. Yeah. So, uh, the music's really good. Uh, choreography is really good in the fighting. Uh, not just the hallway fight. I, I, I just any time he starts throwing punches or stabbing people, it's very visceral, and I enjoy it immensely. Yes. Yes. As, as sick as that may or may not sound. And um. It never. Sh- there are potentially really gory moments that it kind of never quite gets to just as bad as it could be, but is just bad enough that it's almost stomach churning. Sometimes just setting up that a character's about to do something is enough to get that reaction. Yeah, you're kind of going, "Oh, I don't want to watch this." So, and it doesn't necessarily show at you, but you just in your mind, it's worse. Yes. Uh, alternatively, if you go and watch Antichrist, that's a movie where it sets up some really awful things and then carries them through on film the entire time. Yes, it does. It does not shy away. It does not cut away. I... You you think it's going to cut away right before it, you know, it oh, snips. Oh, it cuts away. <laughs> the camera does not cut away. <laughs> Something else cuts away, but the camera does yeah. not. No, I, I haven't even seen that movie, but I've seen that bit. Because <laughs> you looked it up, you're sick. Bastard. I didn't. This was someone I lived with. Went, hey, have you guys seen this movie? Click. What a dick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we'll give the spoiler warning because I feel like we're just dancing around spoilers at this point. 
and we have to talk about the the themes of the movie and everything else so the revenge has been acted out by someone who was in school with Odessu. Yes. Yeah, uh, Wujin. And he wants revenge because Odessu basically spread a story, which was true. Like, he didn't make a rumor up necessarily. He saw something. Yeah, because it feels like it could be going that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Until we see flashbacks, because Odessu goes, goes back to the school and sort of has like a sort of like flashback walk around the school and he remembers things and that, that sort yeah. of thing. And we basically he remembers that he caught uh, the villain and the villain's sister um, having sex in, in a classroom, and he passed that on to his friend, who he who he, to be fair he did tell not to tell anyone. He said don't tell anyone. But we've met his friend before, of course, who who did die earlier in the film, and he is not one to be trusted with information. He likes to blab. He is a bit of a talker. And these rumours led to his sister thinking she was pregnant and then committing suicide off a bridge. So it's like, okay, that's a really dark backstory. And, you know, Odysseus is not, not obviously happy that that happened. He's, he's like remorseful for it. He didn't realise that he'd caused that much talk. Because it's worth mentioning, he moved away after this happened. He didn't. He wasn't around when she died. He, he was yeah, already gone. He never even knew, really, yeah. until this. So, so he was already gone and... But that's all this vengeance was for this. And you're like, okay, pretty rough. But here's the thing. So it ends up tying into the actual, like, because the original thing, the original inciting incident was to do with incest, the revenge also must include incest is basically the the conceit. That's how revenge works, right? Of course it does, yes. Um, so the big twist is, because this is the thing, early on in the film, Odessu meets Mido, right? And I think the first time I watched it, I immediately went, I bet this turns out to be his daughter. However, two scenes later, there's a scene with them kind of disproving that, where they go and like find out where she is. It's, oh, she's living in Sweden now, and she's got these foster parents, and she, she writes back home every once in a while. And you're like, okay, all right, so it's just told me it's not her. All right, fine. All right? But the big twist, of course, is that it is her. That, that is his daughter. But they were hypnotised not only to meet each other, but also to fall in love. And... There is a scene in the middle where they have sex, and this is this is the scene I was talking about. Where on a repeat viewing, when it's you uncomfortable. get when you get to that scene, it's a very it's not even that comfortable in the first place because it's very he he's like you know twice her age, and she's talking about how much it hurts like during the scene, and it's kind of like oh this is a bit yeah. I don't really want to be watching this anyway. When you're watching it in the the context of this is a father and daughter having sex. It gets even more grim and crazy, and you're like, "Oh, this is, uh And to do her Odysseus' reaction to this at the end, I, I actually kind of love. This is some of the best acting. It, it's that it's... shot where he just picks up the scissors and starts running for for the villain. Uh, yeah. And the the, the white haired henchman like you know tackles him a few times and ends up fighting him for a bit. Uh, but that that shot of him running with the scissors uh, just going for it and what i love about odysseus character is that he has these flaws where he he and we see it happen near the start of the film when he's first locked up where he he's begging to be told why he's there and to be let out and then he gets angry and starts swearing at the guy and after he realizes that he's gotten angry he says oh i'm sorry i swore i'm sorry i swore i want you know i'll, I'll be nice he does the same thing in the scene uh, yeah. at the end where he's kind of begging and then he gets angry, and he actually said he repeats the same lines that he said in the prison at one point, where he said that oh I'm going to cut you up and they'll never find your body because I'm going to eat you all. You know he says that line again, 
Um, but then he apologizes, and basically what he's fighting for at the end is that on the other end of the phone call, Meadows in front of a box, just like he was. That's going to With reveal the evidence. That's yeah. going to reveal that they're the fallen daughter. And he's fighting for at this point for her to not see the evidence and not never find out what's happened. Yeah, the idea that she's not part of this. There's no no need to put her through that. Yeah, that, that's, that'll, that'll just be pain for her. This this will accomplish nothing than pain. Um, and he you know he begs and he begs. You know he says, "I'll be your dog. I'll be your slave." And then one of the lines that uh, Wu Jen said at one point, my TV's going to turn off, uh, was that, you know, my dick didn't make her pregnant. Your tongue did. Like that was that was one of the lines that he had, so Odesu cuts out his tongue. He grabs the scissors. Uh, grabs the scissors and goes for it. And Joe, you know I love about this scene the way it's shot is that it very almost never cut, goes back to Wujin's face. Almost never. There's, There's only so, a handful of times. It's it's when he's licking his shoe when he's pretending to be a dog that it does actually finally go up to his face. And he's actually covering. He's got like a handkerchief and he's covering his face. And you just you, you can't see exactly what his expression is until he pulls it away, and he's just laughing. He's just. I, tell, I think you can tell before, like the way his shoulders are just kind of doing that little laughing motion, right? Yeah, it's one of those things where see it. if you told me he was crying a happiness, like I mean, I might have believed it until he pulled it okay. away. Okay. Yeah. And then it was like, no, no, he is just laughing. He this is this is what he was looking forward to. This is this was this moment of him finding out was the was the moment. What what he's been waiting more than 15 years for um and it's super it's super vicious it's, it's like the, as what i say it's the most vicious form of revenge i've ever seen is tricking a father to have sex with his daughter and then reveal it to him and then threaten to tell the daughter as well that that's what's happened and he, he you know he does actually show some mercy to her because he, he kind of I, I guess believes what he says and that, yeah it's, it's not her fault does, you know, does, she, she had she, nothing to do with it. She, she, in his eyes, is just like his sister. She, she was just a victim of of what yeah. happened, and he says, "No, don't show her the box. Just, just you know, let her go, whatever." Yeah, it makes him just that bit more complex, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't redeem him, doesn't stop him being a crazy evil psycho, but it just gives him a layer enough that he feels real. Yeah, um, so, so no. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> it, there's almost no words to describe it. This, this is one of the most extreme twists in any movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it's really because obviously one of the themes running throughout the film is is the idea of of protecting people in your life. It's the idea that um, after the the hallway fight scene, because because the people he's beaten up in that scene are the people who run this prison that he was put in. Because that's not the people who kidnapped him. That's just like an independent business that do this they just they, they kidnap people for people who pay pay them and lock them up for however long client, they pay for client them. privilege and privacy is, is very important to them and they they, they show up and they, they have Mido like sort of like strung up and like our clothes are kind of half ripped open and Odeisu gets really defensive and protective because just, just like two minutes ago he was he he, he thought she was uh she was not to be trusted that she was in, in on the whole thing because because <laughs> yeah. She she'd been talking to uh, the villain on on well not Skype but <laughs> whatever the equivalent was MSN Messenger Korea edition two thousand three yeah what what did Korea have when we had MSN no idea but you know but he immediately wants to defend her and stick up for her and and try and fight he, he wants to cut off the the guy's hand because he touched her 
Um, and again, it's this mix of things where, okay, you can you can sympathise with that because his his intentions are somewhat noble, but he's also being aggressive and angry about it and like going and to this extreme. And wanting to cut off a dude's hand. And wanting to cut off a dude's hand. Uh, again, there's, there's layers. It's com- complex, uh, yeah. which is like because I, I think you can look at a film as I think someone who doesn't want to like give this the time of day and wants to just say it's oh it's just this disgusting extreme film that doesn't have any merit. They, their argument would probably be that it's actually really simple and it's just stuff for shock value. But there's actually a lot of stuff to sit and digest. Do, with this. do you know one of my favorite things on on these sorts of ideas mm. is he you know, you know obviously he he kind of spread this not rumor but this tr- this story yeah. that caused all this and he doesn't remember that he did it and he thinks it's been hypno- he's been hypnotized to forget because he was, cause he also- was just, just for the reference here he was hypnotized to go to the restaurant and meet me though and they were hypnotized to fall in love so hypnotizing is part of the plot he knows that he's been hypnotized at this point right and he thinks he's been hypnotized to forget this just so that they can have this moment and then it's just like no 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 you just forgot because it wasn't important to you. You just said something. You saw something when you were, you know, 18, 16, whatever. You saw something, you you said something to your friend, and then you forgot all about it. Yeah, and you can't even really blame him for it because from his perspective, nothing. Like he wasn't around when the bad thing happened later. He never, he would have no reason to really remember it. No, not really. I mean, it's just like going, oh, do you, do you remember every time at school you told your friend some, something you'd seen happen, right? Or, you know, just yeah. something you heard. Of course you don't. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, it's, but I, I like that as well. I like that he thinks that he's been hypnotized to forget it. Um, yeah. Only to be told, but, no, you just forgot. Like, I will say the hypnotism is the one thing that I can be maybe a little bit iffy on in the movie. Because... I understand why it's there because it just kind of has to be. But even even with it, I still feel like Mido falls for him really quickly. Like kind of comes mm-hmm. out. Like I understand because throughout the movie, even like okay, I've, I've seen this before. I I know what what's going on, but it's still in the back of my mind that it just feels quick. Because on his side, I get it. He's been locked up for fifteen years. Here's a woman being nice to him, right? Pretty much. Um. I kind of read it as she's kind of lonely. Like, she kind of implies that a couple of times in different she ways. She does. It just still feels just a bit quicker than I expect. Because like, it well, feels like she's really cold and not into it. And then and then just, like, the next scene, it's like, okay, yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to potentially make you squeamish here with my interpretation of this. The, 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 the love is easy to trigger here because the natural father-daughter element is kind of there. Now, that's obviously not what they know they're feeling, necessarily. But there's an actual bond because they actually are connected already. No, that's fair. There, there is actually a thing like that, isn't there? Where, um, yeah. you know, if, if like siblings are separated, uh, you know, at birth, yeah, have yeah, no yeah. idea. But then, you know, there can be an attraction later because they just they 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 can there there is like some connection that they don't realize. Mm. So I would maybe uh, sort yeah, of give that's it, fair. Yeah, maybe give it that. Um, I'm I'm just trying to find a critique somewhere. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's fair. I, I'd maybe critique the, the pacing in the second half is a little bit different to the first half. It's different, but I never felt like it was a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I just, I, I, it does feel, I feel like after after we meet the villain in the apartment across the hallway, you know, or across the, the street where they've yeah. been monitoring everyone, and he actually comes face to face with uh, Wujin, I feel like 
after that point, the it does feel like a slightly different movie in terms of how it's set up. Because before that, it's like, okay, it's just all this mystery and he goes and fights the bad guys that, that had him kept captive and it's kind of an action movie. After and that, then it becomes the, the the mystery thriller of why. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of a, a two-half kind of feeling to it. Um, yeah. That's it. One of the things I was noticing this time, uh, keeping an eye on the runtime as I was watching it, is that it's a two-hour movie and he's actually in the penthouse where most of the finale takes place. Um, right before the the ninety minute mark, so the last almost the last half hour. Really, that long? Yeah, because because I I I I paused it because uh, I think food arrived or something. I don't know whatever happened, and it was like, oh, I'm at the ninety minute mark. Wait, he's already in the penthouse. Is there really half an I, hour left once he's here? It doesn't feel like half an it hour. It doesn't. No, it goes in. Um, and it's the like, hell. It's, it's you know it's it's over an hour fifty by the time we're in the the corridor with the snow. Damn. Stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I, I did not realise that was a quarter of the movie. Yeah, we spend 20 plus minutes in that penthouse. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, his penthouse, can I just say, I want little moats in my house, please? That that would be cool. I like Although I moats. feel like I probably can't be trusted with them. <laughs> you probably can't, but... <laughs> <laughs> I want little moats around my yeah. closets and I, I I also want his wardrobe you know the one that opens up sure yeah I could see that like it's, it, you know, it opens up into these four quarters and you kind of just walk in the middle and like, okay that's cool I want one of them I don't have enough clothes to fill one of those but I want one anyway hmm. I think the other interesting thing I'll tell about Wu Jin is that he basically has already decided long before now that once he's got his revenge and once he's seen it and acted it out he just wants to kill himself. He doesn't want to live for anything else. That, that's all he's living for now. Mm. He's just obsessed. And I, what what I kind of like about the the ending with um with Ode Su getting himself hypnotized, he goes back. He goes to the hypnotist and makes makes her remove the secret, if you will. Um, and the idea that he doesn't want to be obsessed with this not not only just the pain because obviously the pain's a factor, but I I think there's a almost an acceptance of of what obsession can lead to. Uh, yeah. given everything else that he's went through in this film because someone was this obsessed. And it was pure obsession because once it was done, that was him. He was just, you know, because I, I really like how you get the flashback of him holding his sister off the off the, off the the bridge. And yeah. He sees hands kind of like as if it's holding a gun and then it cuts to the actual, like, you know, present day stuff in the elevator and he shoots himself. I yeah. like that transition. No, it was nice. And, uh, you know, it, it's... It's not this bit with the hypnotism in the end. It follows on nicely from uh, one of I think it might be Wujin's last line actually to him is is uh, you know as he gets into into the lift and then the doors close like hey remember me you know me and my sister we knew the truth and and you know we we were all right uh, and it's like you know the the idea that it's like hey if you can just accept it then it's not actually that bad is what he's saying uh, is you know and and and. To, to him, he's like, nope, I've got to get this removed. Yeah, because it's not okay. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And that's the point. That's why he's, yeah. you know, he's the villain. He's wrong. But it's like this, this, just this one last reminder that it's like, hey, you know, whatever. That's kind of his attitude. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is a controversial opinion, but I, I think a, a father daughter ancestral relationship is far worse than a brother sister one. Call, call me weird for that opinion, but I just. <laughs> on basis i think it's just inherently more wrong <laughs> sure i mean they're, they're equally wrong not that i'm condoning so... brother sister relationships but it means i'm just <laughs> i'm just saying that i i feel like father daughter 
is a lot more psychologically damaging. That's fair. Yeah. You know, because one's that. older and in a position of power and position of dominance. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm just my my point was to to Wu Jin. As much as he knows exactly what he's put him through, at the same time he's going. If you just accept this, I've kind of helped you. Because hmm. to him, it's not. It's to him in his mind, it's not as bad as 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 this reaction of what we've just seen for the past fifteen minutes would would say would suggest, right? I think there's a much more interesting question to ask about the ending, and that is, why does he get himself hypnotized to forget the secret instead of hypnotizing Mido to forget that they had a a romantic relationship? Why why not hypnotize her so that he can then just be a father daughter relationship? Because he'd rather have the romantic relationship because that is what he has spent not equally as long. I mean, she was what three when when he got kidnapped, mm. but it looks like he wasn't really much of a father there anyway. So I guess in his mind he's better, and you know he 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 is better suited at this point for that relationship than to be a father. I don't think he I don't think he knows how to be a father. I feel because I feel like this is this final point though is the the one where I can't fully ever be completely be behind him either as a character. Like he's interesting, oh, right, yeah. but. And ter- that this choice to continue with this relationship and just erasing his own memory so that he doesn't know that that's what he's doing um, is actually kind of an awful choice. Oh, it absolutely is. I'm not defending it. I'm just suggesting why he might have made that decision other than just the obvious selfish reasons. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Because he could just get hurt hypnotized and just be like all right we're father daughter now um yeah the benign reading of this is that it's his mind it's his choice whereas if he just puts her through that and she finds out and you know and it comes around to her later if the hypnotism ever wears off or anything like that then it's uh, worse sure. yeah yeah you could you could go with that yeah. Like, like, let's say he hypnotizes, you know, that this last few weeks out of her memory, and then comes back and you know takes his role as the father figure, and then a decade later, the hypnotism something happens, it triggers, and she remembers. Um, is she then more horrified that he, you know, that this is what happened and he knew? Alternatively, I think maybe a, a nicer read on it is that. Uh, the way the hypnotist, hypnotist phrases it when she's doing it, she's, she refers to it as only the monster has the secret, and the monster will turn away and walk around, and each step will represent a year, and once it hits 70 steps, it'll die, and the secret will die with it, right? Yeah. The idea that he's also giving away his anger and his obsession with this this hypnosis. Yeah. He's, he's, he's picking this version of himself because he sees it as the better of it, which kind of goes into what you were saying about how he didn't believe that he could be a father, but... In a more broad sense of this violent just, version of himself, this this monster a, that was created in the cell over fifteen years, that who's found the answers, kind of found the blood that it was looking for, can now be laid to rest. Yeah, and he gets to be a a better version of himself, potentially. Like I said, I think it's it's interesting in that you can choose to read this either. Well, you can choose to read it the easy, just the selfish. You know, it's like oh no, he wants to just keep this going 
but he can't live with himself to do it that way. So he has to remove that. But you can you can choose to, to look at it this way and go, no, 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 there are, there are reasons for him to do this. I don't think any viewer can watch this, though, and not be a little creeped out at the very last shot. When, oh, she's, when, when she says, I love you, Ode, so, and he just grins like a maniacal madman. I, I don't think there's any way to watch that scene and not feel icky about it. Oh, no, there's not. Because even if he doesn't know, we know. We do. Which is why I think the implications of this being our protagonist and this being his the choice he makes is interesting. And what the oh, film's trying is. to say about that choice. Um, and is this another moment of weakness where he does just take the easy way out? I, I, that's it. It's It's... <sighs> It's such a complex choice to read, right? Because you can like read it that way of, you know, it's it's a, another example of our protagonist being a flawed, awful person, but ultimately we're kind of on his side for most of the movie, so we kind of just kind of let it go to a point. I think, because here's the thing, when you find out what he's done and you find out everything that's going on, I feel like in the scenes, even if you're not rooting for him, you don't want anything bad to happen to me, though. So when he's begging for the sake of her not going through pain, you're completely with him and on his side. Yes. Because you're rooting for her not to suffer like he has, because she doesn't deserve it. Um, exactly. It's debatable that he even deserved it in the first place, given given that all he really did was tell a true story to someone. Yeah, I'm not sure it was bad enough to justify this. Yeah. <laughs> but you're rooting because you're rooting for her. Yeah, um, and and he does accept that he did something, right? Yeah. He acknowledges oh, he does, yeah. that, you know, I did that, I'm sorry. But in the final scene, he is lying to her. He's lying to himself as well, but he is, yeah. he's, he's lying to her. And it's like, yeah, she'll be happy now because she thinks everything's hunky-dory, you know, this is, this is all good and well and, and nice. But it's hard not to feel like, well, now she's being... Lied to. Lied to. I was, I was looking for a harsher yes, word, but... You were, but... You were struggling, so I thought I'll tone it down. Manipulated, perhaps, maybe a word. Yeah. It's hard to even say manipulated when he's not even aware he's doing it, right? Well, yeah, but he was before. Like, he, he made before, a choice. Yeah. 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 But I guess it comes back to the, that, that quote at the end of his letter to the hypnotist, right? The, uh, you know, I know I'm a beast, but does a beast not yet still deserve to live? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, and obviously, yeah, you know, the idea that he he can't change who he is, so maybe he can make the best of it. There's a there's the other famous quote from the movie as well. Uh, laugh, laugh. If you laugh, then the world laughs with you. If you weep, then you weep alone. Uh, yeah. it's a famous quote anyway, right? Quote from comes a, up. Pretty sure it's from a poem or something. It probably is. I heard it from here first, but <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I think this is one of those quotes that I, I don't know if you when when we were in school we had these things called homework diaries. Where yeah, no, we did. You were you were supposed to just write down when your homework was due and, and stuff like that. No one ever did. No, no one ever used them. They were they were lost by like the end of the first week. Um, but they had like little quotes on the bottom. Of, ours did on the bottom of every page, and this was definitely one of them. I can't. I mean, I remember them being there. I don't remember actually what any of them were. <laughs> I remember enough just because sometimes it was more interesting to flick through that than listen to whatever the, the lesson was because <laughs> there was jokes on it as well oh sure yes yes yeah. of course uh, <laughs> um, 
No. So, uh, speaking of visceral violence, though, just to go back to that for a second, um, I love the scene where Wujin kills his friend, because uh, Odesu realised that he's bugged at one point, and he gets the bug taken out, and he's actually he's researching stuff at the school, and he's finding out about the sister and what happened to her, and he, he phones his friend uh, and says, hey, do you remember this girl from school? And he starts talking about how much of a slut she was. Oh yeah, she was having it off with every guy in school. It was, you know, it was, that was a reputation. And the camera just pans across, and Wu Jin's sitting there in the computer cafe listening to him. And he sticks with him for a little bit as he listens to this, and then he ejects this the CD in the in the CD drive in the PC. He smashes this. He just snaps this the, the, the disc, stands up because the camera's on him the whole time. Then the camera falls him over to the other side, and he just starts stabbing very violently with the cd piece you know just a part yeah. of it that's sharp um and then you know picks up the phone and starts talking to odia soon like oh this is why your friend's dead because blah blah because blah. you you got rid of the bug and made me come down here yeah so i just that, that seems another one that's very visceral um and it's another example of we're dealing with unhinged characters yeah in terms of just outright visceral violence or gore i don't think anything's worse than the hammer and the teeth Um, you'll actually see it though. No, but you the the first one where you see it starting to creak a little bit and the blood's coming out. Oh, sure. I, th- I, I think th- that, and then and then just the the implication, just just the just knowing it's happening. That's that's actually worse to me than any other bit of violence in the movie. It's not as bad as the octopus. That's way worse than the octopus. That's not the octopus is worse. I don't. It's probably not that bad. Get your teeth knocked out, whatever. Easy. Uh, eating an this octopus, octopus really doesn't bother me. It's disgusting. I want no part of it. I don't want to eat one. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying watching it really doesn't affect me. I I, I could count the number of moments in movies that I've had to look away from the screen in one hand. Probably just a couple of fingers. And one of them is this octopus moment. It, it amazes me that this is one of those. Yeah, yeah, I watch a lot of extreme movies. I, I don't mean violence. <laughs> it's fine. No, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I, I know your tolerance, shall we say. E- eating disgusting things is something I just can't, I can't deal with. It's crazy. I just can't deal with it. So, um, where was I? Where was I going to go with that? Visceral violence. Yeah, I mean, the, the hammer things uh, is good. I think that and then the, the tongue being cut off are the ones where it kind of sets it up and doesn't show it to you, but it's just enough. I think the tongue one's worse. I think the tongue one's more effective. I, I think the thought of those scissors just sort of chomping down mm, on his tongue uh, are even more cringing. I think the design. hammer one, it's that it does it twice, right? Because you have the first time where it actually, you know, it, it happens, and the second time where it's the threat. And, you know, as, as Wujun says, it's, you know, it's, it's it's the the um, uh, cowardice is in the imagination. Yeah, so if you don't imagine it, then you're fearless. Yeah, yeah, but knowing full well that we're imagining the teeth coming out is why it's effective. It's it's almost a little bit of a meta commentary. It's like it, it, it's not showing us anything in in the film. It's not sh- it's not actually showing us the teeth coming out, but our imagination makes it worse. Old old boy's one that stuck with me. It has style. I, I think more than anything else in the movie, I just like its style. I like the the way it handles its its bizarre moments. The way it handles, um, I mean, if if you're gonna critique it, right? If you want to give it a genuine critique, I'll give you. I'll get. I'll kind of give you one. 
Um, it's, it's an example of a movie which in and of itself is not a big deal, but it is an example of a movie in a sea of movies where the female characters are just plot devices for the male characters. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue that. I think this is slightly better than some in that at least she's kind of the heart of the movie. Sure, yeah. Um, but I think it's worth acknowledging that. I don't think that makes this movie bad or by any means, but I think it's worth acknowledging it because it is something that's so prevalent. So that, I guess we'll rate the movie then. I guess we'll rate Old Boy. Um, so what are you giving it out of 10? Yeah, I'll probably still give it a 10. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, I'll probably give it a 10 too. <laughs> I, I gave it a 10 when I first saw it. It's maintained that score when I saw it more times and it's maintained that score this time. Um, it's, it, it's a movie that every time I watch it, I'm impressed that all of the scenes with bait still have bait. And I still get hyped up for the same moments. And nothing, none of the power of this film is diminished. None of the humor, the dark humor that's in there, has diminished with viewings. Every single thing works. If anything, a few of the elements work better on repeat viewings. Than yeah, they did the, the first like, time. The first time through, like I say, you know, there, there are things that I'm like, oh, I mean, why, why is she falling for him so quickly? And and, and and there are moments that just play as weird, but not horrific. But then, you know, the second, third, fourth time, whatever you're on, after the first time, you, there are moments that are just so much more effective and they're so much worse because you know the outcome. Yeah. I, I, think, I think hypnotism is just something that kind of... I just have it's, to accept when it happens in a movie or a TV show because I just generally think it's a bit stupid. <laughs> that's fair. I think there are examples where it's it's really well set up on its side. This just kind of feels like, at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, hypnotism, right? Yeah, like, like, I mean, sure, if I was ever hypnotized and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I believe in hypnotism can work now, but it just feels like such a, a movie device to me as opposed to a real mm. thing. Um, but that, that, I mean, it's like the only real complaint I have. Yeah. So, uh, no, Old Boy's fantastic. Uh, so, by all means, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments and whatnot below. If you're a patron or you're thinking of becoming a patron and want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, go over to patreon.com slash TV. Uh, the voting, uh, as this was a winner, the, the new voting is up. Uh, you've got until the end of the month. Um, for patrons, obviously, you'll be seeing this early anyway, so you'll have a, over a week to do it. I, if you're seeing this on YouTube, you'll have a few days uh, by the time this goes up for right. everyone. I mean, this 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 goes up Friday, right? Yes. Yeah, they'll have today. So yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> it won't be a few. You'll have today to vote for the new one. So by all means, uh, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Uh, guys on the Twitter's at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Um, and that is us. So thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an art influx for you next week. That is not a Patreon vote winner, and we can get back to doing these on a regular basis. If we don't, don't worry. We'll be back to regular weekly episodes once we've wrapped up the Star Trek movies, uh, which are going a bit more consistently now. So yeah. uh, check out those as well. Over two movies a week is actually a little bit more challenging. It is, it is harder to do. So sometimes they're getting sacrificed for. That said, this week. There wasn't enough interest in trailers to talk about for a trailer talk, so trailer talk gets sacrificed this week for influx to happen. So it's a, jugg it's a juggling act. It's a constant juggling act, yeah. and we have to make choices every week. So, uh, But yeah, so that's us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys, and we'll see you next time.